<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The dynamics that we're talking about, as far as I can tell, exist statewide, nationwide. This case was covered by the BBC. I don't know that you will find a jurisdiction that is certainly not the state of Utah that is going to be materially different than some county in terms of its saturation of media coverage in this case. It is the continuing criminal case of Corey Richens, the woman accused of poisoning her husband to death and then afterwards writing a children's book about grief. Well, we've got some new updates for you, including her brother speaking out. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. So I realized it's been a minute since we talked about arguably one of the most interesting cases to capture the nation's attention. Also a really sad and frightening one. Corey Richens, the 33-year-old woman accused of murdering her 39-year-old husband, Eric Richens. Now, I want to go over some of the relatively recent developments for those of you who haven't been following the case, but a little bit of backstory. So Eric and Richens, they were married in 2013. They have three sons together. They were living in Utah. He was operating a masonry business. And then in March of 2022, Eric is found dead in their home at the foot of his bed. And Richens is accused of poisoning Eric with a fentanyl cocktail. It would be determined that he had five times the lethal dose of fentanyl in his body. And this is in stark contrast with what Richens told authorities because she told authorities she simply prepared him a Moscow mule before he went to sleep for the night. By the way, one of the reasons this story became so publicized is because after Richens' death, she published a children's book called Are You With Me? She said it was a way to help the couple's three young boys deal with the loss of their father. She even did an interview with ABC4 Good Things Utah. I went on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and trying to find something that we could use to cope at nights. Nights are the hardest, it seems like, for everybody when, you know, dealing with anything. But I just wanted some story to read to my kids at night. And I just could not find anything. I couldn't find anything that really, you know, suited them or helped them find comfort and peace. And so, you know, I was like, let's just write one. She was charged the following month with his aggravated murder and drug possession with intent to distribute. Now, Corey Richens' housekeeper, a convicted drug dealer named Carmen Marie Lauber, has allegedly confessed to authorities that she supplied Richens with 15 to 30 fentanyl pills on two separate occasions, approximately one month before Eric's death, and that Richens paid her about $900 each time. Come to find out also that this is not the only time that Richens allegedly poisoned Eric. It's been reported that Eric broke out in hives and had trouble breathing after eating a sandwich prepared by his wife the month before his death. And it's also been reported that Eric became ill in Greece a few years back when he was on a trip with Richens. After she gave him a drink, he allegedly said that she was trying to kill him. And Eric even allegedly told loved ones if something happened to him, Richens was to blame. Now, again, some bad stuff here. We're going to get into more. She is innocent until proven guilty. Just laying out a little bit of the backstory. 
Hey everybody, this is a Morgan & Morgan legal alert. Evidence shows that Google has allegedly violated the privacy of millions of Americans via incognito mode. Your personal information and data may have been unfairly collected and then used for profit. As America's largest injury law firm, Morgan & Morgan has recovered over $20 billion in compensation for clients, and they may be able to help you fight for justice. If you've used incognito mode in Google's Chrome internet browser, you can find out if you have a claim in only only a few clicks by visiting www.forthepeople.com slash lcgoogle. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and find out if you have a claim. Now I want to get into some recent developments. And first up, it concerns Richen's finances. Here's 3rd District Court Judge Richard Mrazik talking about it. With respect to Dr. E1, finds that factor is satisfied as a matter of law by the court's determination that there is substantial evidence supporting the aggravated murder charge in this case. Regarding factor E2, the court acknowledges that the difficulty of recreating, chasing, and reversing any flow of funds or dissipation of assets that might occur during the pretrial period. So yes, the judge found here that there is enough evidence to freeze Richen's assets, meaning she can't transfer, change the title of, or pledge any asset she or her realty company, Corey Richen's Realty, has. But the court established a constructive trust on all the property and assets of Richen's and her company in case she needs to make a transfer or disbursement to fund her criminal defense. And that makes sense because the defendant has a Sixth Amendment right to counsel and sometimes interfering substantially in the defendant's ability to pay their legal costs can be an issue. Now, the judge did allow Eric's family to maintain a financial interest in Corey's estate. It's to be used as collateral if she were to move money or assets around that turns out they have a right to. But you also wouldn't order a trustee's bond or the appointment of a receiver in regards to Eric's estate. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. By the way, a side note, Richards is involved in a legal battle with Eric's family to determine who inherits his estate, and there's a separate wrongful death lawsuit that was filed against her by Eric's family. By the way, finances, generally speaking, they play a role here in this alleged murder plot. Leading up to Eric's death, he was reportedly fighting with Richens about her wanting to buy and flip a $2 million house, which she ended up closing on the day before he died. In the years prior to his death, she also allegedly purchased four life insurance policies on Eric in the millions of dollars 
something that Eric was not aware of. He did find out, though, that she had allegedly been withdrawing money from his bank accounts, running up thousands of dollars on his credit cards, and misappropriating money that was intended to be used to pay taxes on Eric's business, seemingly for her own use. And then only a couple of months before Eric died, Richens is accused of changing a different life insurance policy to make herself the beneficiary instead of Eric's business partner. Eric found out. He changed it back to his business partner. Richens is accused of then filing a new life insurance application for $100,000 on Eric's life. And that's not even all of it, because it's also been reported that behind Richens' back, Eric changed his will, created a trust, and granted his sister control over his estate. At one point, he was even looking into a possible divorce. And by the way, as I just said that, it made me think, doesn't that kind of sound like a prosecution's opening statement in Corey Richens' criminal trial, right? Putting all of these pieces together about a plot to kill her husband. Okay, over now to another recent development, and this concerned where the judge in this case had to decide Richens' motion to dismiss the criminal case. And Richens' argument centered upon this letter that was found in her jail cell that was addressed to her mother. According to prosecutors, this letter provided instructions to Richen's brother to testify falsely, to create the narrative that Eric was getting drugs from Mexico, and that ties into the fentanyl that he died from, meaning that he overdosed from his own drugs. According to prosecutors, Richen's, quote, concocts a false narrative for Ronald Darden, that's her brother, to repeat whereby Eric told Ronnie that he got pain pills and fentanyl from Mexico from the workers at the ranch. Now, while prosecutors asserted that this appeared to be a form of witness tampering, Richens hasn't been charged with that. But prosecutors also wrote in their filing that this was not their only point of concern. They also talked about a different incident, quote, significantly on the morning of September 13th, 2023, on a video conference with Lisa Darden, that's uh, Corey's mother, the defendant held up yet another letter for her mother to read silently to herself. That letter was not found inside the defendant's cell. There is a strong inference that the September 13, 2023 letter was destroyed or flushed. Now, Richen's legal team took major issues with what the prosecution did here. Her lawyer said that prosecutors engaged in misconduct by filing the letter alongside what they wrote in their legal briefs, their commentary. They said now the public, the media, they see all of this. And their argument was that what the prosecutors did here violated the court imposed gag order in this case that prevents the parties from communicating about the case outside of court. Gag orders are a way to not paint a future jury pool. Also, Richens' lawyer said that prosecutors misconstrued what the letter was even about. So Richens moved to dismiss the case, but the judge here denied the motion. The court simply isn't persuaded that the conduct of the Summit County Attorney's Office violates Rules 3.4, 3.8, or has caused Ms. Richens a denial of due process or a denial of a right to a fair trial. The court is confident that it can preside over a sufficient or dire process to ensure that Ms. Richens does in fact receive a fair trial. And what the judge ruled here makes sense, considering this is already such a public case with so much written about it. What you're really going to need is a careful jury selection process. That's going to be necessary here. And the judge feels confident that through the voir dire or jury selection process, you can weed out those people that shouldn't be there. 
Now, the judge also denied enforcing the gag order again or imposing sanctions on the prosecution. But another big development was that the judge denied the prosecutor's motion for a no-contact order between Richens and her mother and brother. The defendant has a First Amendment right and to correspond with whom she pleases and to say what she likes as long as she doesn't do anything that requires uh, a prior restraint justified by a sufficiently strong interest that countervails her First Amendment rights. Here, there's no evidence that she's done any such thing that requires her to be prohibited from speaking to any specific human being. The Walk the Dog letters have several plausible readings. It does not include any threats whatsoever or any other kind of communication that would typically uh, justify a prior restraint on free speech. Moreover, there's no evidence that it was ever handed to anyone. And the state has it. So to the extent they need to cross-examine a witness or impeach a witness with its contents at trial, they would be able to do so absent some other ruling by the court excluding the letter or suppressing the search that found it. So he acknowledged that there are different ways to interpret Richen's handwritten letter from jail. There's not enough evidence to warrant restricting her speech. And not to mention, as the judge laid out, this is a jail. Prosecutors can watch out for what she's doing in other ways, including if she makes a call on a recorded jailhouse phone line. By the way, talking about Corey Richen's family, another development, her brother, Ronnie Darden, who we just talked about. Well, he has now come out and spoke to the media. Specifically, here is what he said to KUTV2 News Salt Lake City. First of all, that she's innocent. She absolutely did not and could never do this. My thoughts on it um, is accidental overdose. That's just my, that's my opinion. And he went on to say that he knows that she didn't do any of this because she can't even squash a spider. He says that he's worried about his sister's emotional state that he speaks to her every day, that she misses her children, that she was crying. And he also said that she loved Eric, that the two of them had a great relationship. They were in the best spot. They had some up and ups and downs like you typically see in a marriage. And his biggest concern is finding an unbiased jury not painted by the prosecution. Those were his words. Well, those are just some of the recent developments in the Corey Richens case. And if something should unfold further, we will make sure to cover it. And that is all we have for you right now here on Sidebar, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.